Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by John Arnold. John is a legendary unified communications analyst and principal of J. Arnold Associates, and we're here to discuss the future of communication. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, Matt. Really glad to be here and uh, always happy to do a podcast with you guys, EM360. And, uh, you know, that's a good buildup. I, I, I have to tell my friends I am now considered legendary. This is a, a big accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're one of our favorites, John, you know that. Um, so obviously, you know, we, we, we think this, uh, you know, podcast is most probably going to go out, you know, the week before Christmas, or, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, and I really want to just take this opportunity to, to talk to you and really look back on um, the year that was. Um, from your perspective, you know, 2023 was a, was a massively impactful year for the enterprise tech space. Uh, what was your personal highlight or takeaway from the last 12 months? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to have two, two answers for that. Two, one is more specific stuff and one is more general. And I, th- I think the specific stuff would be to do with, first of all, how dominant Microsoft Teams has kind of become. I think that in the last half of the year has emerged as a story that I wouldn't say is inevitable, but it's like, okay, wait a minute. They've become so dominant in this space recently that um, it, it's this, there is no e- easy way or even practical way to displace them. They've had a very effective strategy to do that. And the industry has kind of become built around that reality now. And that wasn't there a year ago. Uh, so I think that's a big takeaway when we talk about the enterprise communication space. Um, that's just a reality we all have to deal with. So all the vendors have to kind of play in that universe right now. Um, The other thing here, Matt, I would think, you know, you kind of hinted at it earlier, a lot, the pace of change for technology, and we'll get to AI in a minute, but it keeps getting faster and faster. And as far as like a takeaway from this, you know, 2023 kind of timeline, the amount of innovation that we've seen over the course of the year, and you can point to any of the big vendors Teams, Cisco, Ring, Zoom, Avaya, they are all adding features and capabilities at a really rapid pace. It's almost like an arms race. And as far as a takeaway for the year is to say, a lot of this is coming to market at a pace that is probably too fast for the buyers and the end users to absorb. So we're in a very feature-rich environment right now, which is good, but at the same time, if you're you're trying to determine a good ROI for technology, I think it's getting harder and harder. And what I'm trying to get to here is an impact for the year. We probably are, the vendors are probably still a little too far ahead of what the market is able to absorb to really get a sense of what's, what's really working and where the real payoff is for these technologies. So a lot of this stuff, Matt, is coming so fast, it's almost like, Got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. But if you're trying to make deployment decisions, it's it's really difficult. And and I think 
we what I would look ahead to 2024 is to say, in some ways, I hope that pace slows down a bit to let the market catch up and get the benefit because all of these new pieces are good, but it's really difficult to kind of work them into your work workflows in your enterprise environments it just takes time yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and obviously you know when we're talking about generative ai it's almost like a like an inescapable trend uh, of 2023 we can't help not talking about it it's everywhere now um how is you know obviously we, we talk about how that's really impacted kind of enterprise tech and enterprise communications but where, where do we where, where do you really see the potential of ai heading in the communication space you know what what well, like, is the sky the limit? Where, where are we going here? Well, it kind of is. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that AI as a broad trend is the big story. I think, you know, I, I, I've been saying 2023 has been the year of AI pretty much the whole year long. And I think that's generally true. And we talked earlier before recording that, you know, over the past couple of months, I've had the chance to travel to industry events outside of North America and it's consistent wherever you go ai is kind of the lead story and what really put it into overdrive of course was generative ai which is just one flavor right but everybody knows what it is now i mean it's hard to think about other technologies matt that have become adopted and mainstream and even essential in such a short period of time it's it's hard to fathom how quickly this has been moving and you know you don't don't have to look far to find people who are dependent on generative ai to do a lot of the lifting that we normally do ourselves and that's good right so in terms of where the potential is yes it's automating a lot of things that we couldn't have automated before but there is obviously a risk of becoming too reliant on it to generate your everyday communications, right? It'll write your emails for you. It'll, it'll, it'll write your reports for you. It'll, <clears throat> excuse me. It'll do a lot of those things. But if we get too far removed from the process, you get to, you know, it's it's so expedient. You come to trust it sooner than you probably should, mm. and that's where a lot of the issues right now about guardrails are coming in, because with AI. It's great to look at those outputs being delivered so quickly, but we don't know what the basis is, like what sources is it including, what sources is it not including. All those issues around ethics and, and bias are still very real. Um, so there's a lot of question marks still, but the potential is irresistibly there, right? Because it can automate so many things. It can speed up our workflows. Yes, 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 and yes, but the further removed humans become from the equation of getting work done, it's hard to know where the critical thinking is coming from in this. So I think 2024 is we're going to see more talk about things like responsible AI, transparency in AI. The vendors are very conscious of this, right? That they don't want it just to be a wild west and the tool just does everything without any questioning. So the vendors have a big role to play here in establishing that kind of level of trust. So that's something I'm going to be looking for in 2024, because the, this brings us to the classic issue. And when you ask, you know, what's coming ahead for 2024, you know, there's that classic imbalance between innovation and regulation. And unbridled AI is great for innovation, 
but without any form of regulation, and these are private companies driving it, right? Not government policies. We don't know where it's going to go, and it we could become it could becoming it could become its own kind of train going at a speed that no one can stop, and that's the concern everybody j- rightly has for it right now. But I, uh, you know, that's why I think organizations, enterprises are are showing caution in adopting it. And I think, you know, it's, it's this walk before you run thing if you want to get that potential going. Because for every good thing AI can do right now, there's a lot of not so good things that can come from it if you're not careful. So organizations have to develop a strategy, right? They have to develop some guidelines and best practices because not only is it great for automating, which is what we want, it's also obviously a threat to a lot of people's jobs. So we have to kind of position it, you know, in a way that people embrace it and make it work for them rather than the other way around. Is that the kind of mindset that um, customers and end users are kind of taking on as well uh, in terms of, you know, are they jump, just jumping on tools that they see AI attached to or are they a little bit more conscious of that when they're, when they're looking at these solution providers? Well, I think everyone's being conscious of it. I, I think the, you know, the older generation, I hate to say that, but the digital immigrants uh, are still mainly making the decisions and they're naturally going to be a little more wary because they come from a time when this wasn't the norm. Um, but as we become more centered around digital natives, when they become the buyers, they're going to be more trusting of it. But that's not 100% true. They're very wary of this as well. So the mindset going into this is that, yes, there's a FOMO element for sure, because everybody is doing it. You can't afford to fall behind and it's moving too quickly, right? But nobody really has a well-thought-out plan yet. We're learning it as very much as we go. And I don't know how to establish a model for this yet. I don't think anyone's figured it out. And it goes hand in hand, you know, Matt, with the challenges of hybrid work, which all enterprises are struggling with right now. What's the right model in office, at home? AI has a role to play here. And I have a feeling that some of these policies are going to evolve hand in hand next year, where AI is going to be one of the factors that helps determine where people are working from and how do you manage things, right? Because the potential for AI to help people be present when they're not is really good, right? You talk about things like automated meeting summaries, right? Where you can't, you're not in the room, but you're still very involved in what happens in the meeting. That's a really good use case for AI. And it overcomes the issues of being a remote worker as opposed to being in the room with everybody else when they're having those meetings. Mm, yeah, well, well said. And obviously, you know, just to kind of look forward towards 2024 and we're seeing so much new stuff come in, obviously it's certainly natural that some stuff is going to kind of go out of fashion. Um, we talk a lot about um, the, the death of UCAS and communications as a service. Um, is that something that cloud providers are starting to look past um, or is that, you know, very much still something that uh, is at top top of mind for a lot of companies. Well, you know, we we live in a world, and I say we analysts and publishers like EM three sixty, where we we see the tech every day, right? We're right about it. We use it. We we evaluate it. But when you get out there in the workplace, the enterprise world, 
a lot of companies are still kind of getting to first or second base with this stuff. So as I said earlier, they're not moving as fast as the vendors would like them to. So there are a lot of segments of the market where UCAS, yes, is very saturated. As we said before about teams becoming a dominant player. So there is a smaller, I think, window for UCAS to be a growth story than it was two or three years ago. So this, when you talk about how the landscape is going to evolve, the leading UCAS players are still well-established, but increasingly they're kind of building around that, right? Where UCAS is kind of like the, kind of like the base, uh, you know, platform around which they engage all workers, you know, to be in one uniform environment. But at the same time, when you're trying to make productivity, you know, better, you start bringing in other things that can tie into UCAS. And that's where, you know, the, the, the two big trends, of course, would be, you know, adding on the CCAS piece, the contact center piece, because that is actually solving a different problem set that enterprises understand better than they understand what UCAS is trying to solve. That's a longer conversation. But also the CPAS space, where you see this idea of programmable communications, right? We're using, you know, you have no code, low code capabilities where you can add new new applications on the fly that will enhance what UCAS does. I think you're going to see more and more use of that in 2024. And another thing when we talk about landscape, by the way, AI is kind of on its own trajectory. But there's also, you know, we touch on the metaverse, right? Virtual workspaces, immersive experiences. I do think we're going to see more of that in 2024. We haven't really found a killer app yet for like collaboration based, you know, metaverse. A lot of players are trying, um, but we're getting closer in terms of having the right kind of computing power, the right amounts of Wi-Fi, you know, uh, 5G to support this in mobile environments. And again, I mentioned digital natives. The more they comprise the workforce, the more kind of natural that kind of environment feels. We are, it will come. There are going to be more and more immersive use cases um, that go beyond just a video call, right? Where we're using those metaverse ideas to have these virtual ways of interacting that actually can be very helpful in the workplace. We're not quite there yet, but I think you're going to see more, more of that in 2024. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you make it sound so exciting. Uh, I love it. Um, so so obviously, we, we've kind of covered a lot today, uh, a lot of different trends, and like a lot of different emerging technologies that we're really seeing in the space. Uh, my kind of final question for you today, John is, you know, what advice would you give to companies who are really feeling at a loss with their communications going into the new year? Well, the short answer, and I've been saying this for a while, is higher gamers. They have the mentality, they have the native understanding of these digital technologies that the older generations don't. And they're going to be the buyers and the influencers in due time. And I think that's going to change the way we look at enterprise communications. I really think that that meant that the, that thinking that comes be is behind that. We're not we're trying to we're not trying to gamify work, but we need those kind of sensibilities more and more. So that's one way to overcome a fear of loss. You know, basically have more people who speak the language. 
That's what I'm trying to say there. But also, as I was mentioning earlier, you've got they've got to you've got to think about if AI is coming and it is, how do you develop a framework first before you start running and de- deploying every application that comes your way? You've got to have a foundation in place first for you to be able to absorb what AI is bringing, and that's that is going to require some newer. Uh, skills and expertise and probably uh, job functions within the organization um, because AI is kind of permeating everything now. It's not just enterprise communications, right? It's a bigger story than that. And I think this is, you know, this is kind of the digital transformation kind of, kind of overarching theme that all organizations are, are, uh, are coming to terms with. So I think that's part of, you know, that loss. You won't learn it all. You don't have all the answers yet, but you have to have that more strategic. I think the word I'm looking for, Matt, is holistic view, right? That this is a bigger story than just how do I up-level my UCAS deployment? There's a much bigger transition going on here that you've got to have it. You've got to have a sense of it because otherwise you'll just be chasing every new thing that comes your way. And that's, that's not really a way to leverage this technology. Yeah, I think that's such an important piece of advice as well, you know, just kind of remain focused on on really what's important and don't try and get swept away with all of this kind of noise in the market right now. Yes, yes. And that's what we do as analysts. That's our that's our role in the ecosystem. We're trying to help explain it and just like what we're doing here. Yep. Well, it's very much appreciated, John. Um, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Uh, where can people go to learn more about you and hear more of your work? Ah, okay. Well, thanks, Matt. So, Closer to home on the EM360 site, I'm a regular contributor, so I'm not hard to find, and you can see examples of all the different things I've done there for EM360, and plus my own uh, practice, jarnoldassociates.com. So I have a website that kind of tells my story and the kind of things that I do, and you can also follow me regularly on LinkedIn, and I produce a monthly podcast called Watch This Space and a monthly newsletter called JAA's uh, Communications and Collaboration Review. So all of it's free, easy to find, and I'd love to hear from you anytime. Perfect, John. Thank you so much for your time. And and, uh, of course, everything that John's just mentioned, we'll be linking everything down below in the description. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.